0: Fancy renting a capsule collection from your favourite brands? Renta is making it possible on today's show. If all the birds could fly right now As high as me somehow They could see all the things I've been dreaming of These wings
1: of mine flutter inside They shimmy and they glide Breaking forth crack the shell from this clockwork light
0: Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 289. We are closing in on 300, and I want to thank those of you who are around each week as well as welcoming our new listeners today. If you are joining us for the very first time, I guarantee you when it comes to food, body, home, mind, planet, we have a treasure trove of environmental and health topics uh, that pretty much cover everything now that we've done nearly 300 shows. So welcome to the show and happy digging through the archives. We make it really easy actually on lotoxlife.com forward slash podcast. You have a link there on our podcast opening page to uh, topic specific groupings of all of the shows we've ever done. So if you're interested in uh, the environment, uh, then all of those will be under that heading. If you're interested in kids, everything's going to be in that heading. If you're interested in uh, women's health, all of those topics are in that heading. So it's a really easy way for the new listener to find what you're looking for in uh, the archives. Anywho, today I have a fantastic show for us. I have Shania Supasiritad. I didn't want to get that wrong. She is the founder of Renter, R-N-T-R, and she is quite the change maker. I came across her work. I thought it was very interesting uh, to see this new company, Renter, making it possible for us to rent clothes from our favorite brands, from everyday things, often... Uh, renting fashion has been about more special items, dresses, black tie, that kind of thing. And while that's great, I think really slowing down fast fashion and f- driving quality in the marketplace, uh, and starting to pay workers more. And these are all topics we talk about today is going to require a uh, rental to become more broad. And uh, I'm thrilled that Shania's found a way to do that, plugging in their logistics to any and everyday brands uh, that then you could possibly rent a capsule collection from them based on different tones and shades that you would pick. It's a really cool technology and system. So I hope a lot more brands take this on. And if you hear... Things that you like in today's show, and you think, I want my favorite clothing brand to do this. Why don't you send them their website? Uh, I haven't been paid to promote this at all. I just think this is one of those opportunities that we all have to make a little noise and help a really exciting idea move forward uh, and help them get their sales pitches across the line when they go in the door to the retailers. So I'm going to start that conversation in just a little minute. Uh, so everyone who's into fashion, clothes, figuring out how we can do it all more sustainably, you are going to love it. Uh, I'm just going to mention a couple of fantastic sponsors that we have this month. As always, our major sponsor this year, Oz Climate, amazing dehumidifiers and air filters. You're going to have to wait another couple of weeks for all their dehumidifiers to be back in stock if you're listening live right now, end of June. Uh, but I wanted to take a little second to talk about air filtration. If you haven't considered it yet, it really can make a massive difference to your indoor home environment. We spend a lot of time indoors. Uh, if you have um, people with allergies and asthma, it is an absolute no-brainer to incorporate an air filter and you have the really fabulous little compact units for the bedrooms uh, and larger units. And Climate's always happy to talk about your home layout and see what size or type you might need depending on your particular health situation. You can pick up the phone Mm, excuse me, and give them a buzz. You have 10% if you just want to jump online and grab something today, 10% off with Low Tox Life. Our other sponsor is Complete Home Filtration, fantastic whole house water filtration, reducing the harmful chemicals from water in your home. That can be everything from pesticide runoff, uh, herbicide runoff, um, contaminants like heavy metals, uh, there are a lot of things that get into water, chlorine as well. And chlorine can be responsible for that blotchy histamine reaction that a lot of people get after showers and baths. So if that's you, you might want to consider graduating from having, um, a benchtop, a solution or, um, a little jug. Uh, And you might, if you own your home especially, want to completely kit out your home with home filtration. You have 20% off their product range and it's actually expanded over the last year to include larger filtration systems for bigger homes, rainwater systems, which I know a lot of you guys are going to be excited about as you have those, uh, and 20% off with the code LOTOXLIFE gets you hundreds of dollars worth of savings uh, by taking them up on that. As long as you get the process going before the end of June, then I'm sure they will be very happy to uh honor that code. So enjoy if that's something you need and let's hook into today's show. I hope you enjoy it. Hello Shania, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm really excited to talk about um, not only renter, your business, but also uh, fashion, recycling, reuse, multiple wares, disruption, lots of good things. So the first question I want to ask you is why fashion for you and why tech fashion? Was tech the thing that led you? Was it sustainability? Was it fashion itself? Um, what got you interested in p- pursuing a business in that space?
1: Yeah, I think I I have to say that like it, it fashion first for me. Um, I used to be a fashion designer as well as the a, a stylist, and. Um, and I think one thing that I've learned also as, as a young kid as well, I grew up in Thailand where um, I don't actually fit a certain um, beauty standards, essentially. Yeah. So um, to avoid, people keep telling me to get a plastic surgery or lose weight. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: In your yeah, culture. It's, yeah, it's a thing. And you can't be offended because it's... um. Is them wanting you to look your best or be be your best? Oh my
0: god! But you're gorgeous.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> what? Can I hear what were they actually suggesting? Um, I need to get a nose job because wow. like nose job and eye and like lose weight and like the skin has to be like perfect white <gasps> and like long black hair. All of these things.
0: Oh, I remember the whitening. I was in cosmetics many years ago, luxury cosmetics, and we brought out a whitening line. And our Asian customers were so grateful and thankful and they were like, this is, I'm using everything. I couldn't believe it. And it really highlighted for me as a young 20-something just how um, much people felt like they needed to change themselves in different cultures. And as a white person, you just don't really get that memo as much, I think, which is awful um yeah it was my first introduction into people desperately wanting to radically change their skin tone. Um
1: yeah. I mean here you can see that like you know the tanning industry has been like mm. booming. So I guess I think like in Thailand people look at you know the, the half Asian half western kid as it's like a perfect version of like human. That's, that's the that's the you know that's a beauty goal so that they're kind of like oh but if you get like you know a nose job to have a bit more bridge and your eyes and all of that you can look like that so for me i was like well i mean i was really funny so i always have friends i have never been bullied or oh, like it was not a sad story <laughs> but um to to avoid like because the thing is you can't get angry about people telling you that right so i kind of like i turned to fashion I always have a great sense of styles and all of that. So I turned to fashion and it became almost like um, an armour, almost like I wear something really loud, I wear something really well and all of that. And people pay attention to my clothes rather than like my face or my skin tone or... And then we can actually have a conversation and we move past it and then they get to know my personality and then then realise that like she's actually happy. So maybe we can just leave that as that. So then like clothing is something that's super personal to me. When I became a personal stylist, I was able to help um a lot of women, you know, um you know, gain their self-confidence again, and love their life again and you know, just that like short 2 to 4 hours and be able to see someone like transform the way they look at themselves in the mirror, it's just quite incredible so for me fashion is like super powerful right and and it's it's an art form it helps you like so in so many ways but at the same time um in 2015 when i learned when the, the documentary true Cost came out mm,
0: that was pivotal wasn't it
1: oh my god yeah and at biden I was already like working in industry for like I don't know five six years or something I had no idea literally zero idea and I was like what are you doing it was kind of like a, the moment where you're like well you are actually one of the main facilitator you take people out shopping every day You keep yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I tell people to buy to inject that quick happiness to de- which you can't really take that away because when someone feel good about themselves, you who knows what they can do right yeah that's right so, so I was like all right well um, what am I going to do am I going to wait for someone else to fix the problem or can I give it a try so then I that's when I started to look for solution of like okay if I wanted to keep changing clothes still if fashion I still want to consume it the same way how do I do that better like, how can I get my clients to consume it in a better way kind of thing? So that's when I started to look for like tech solution of like, oh, what other platform is out there? Like, you know, um, and I know that like rental and resale was starting to become, you know, it, it's get, it was getting bigger and bigger, but um It was still something that kind of like it was happening on its own and it was kind of separate from the fashion industry.
0: Yeah, they're separate businesses, right? And something I've noticed as well, and we talked about this offline, is and I've used um, so far, um, is that the rental market is special occasion stuff. It's like the super gorgeous dress that you want for just that one event or um, the handbag, yada, yada, and then it goes back um and that's good but it's not a full solution because that's not really where the fast fashion is in the first place yeah Mm.
1: yeah exactly so for me it was kind of like when I take people shopping it's not really just so much about special occasion and it's often more to do with like oh I need my full wardrobe we'll go shopping for like you know for the next six months kind of thing and I was like well and I know that my clients like will come back to me every three months and be like, I want to change again. I want to change again. I want to change again. And I was kind of like, what happened to the clothes we bought three months ago? And then you started to realize that like, people don't really wear clothes as long as anymore. So I started to look into like the stats and all of that. And, um, you know, just like between 2000 and 2015, the, the rate of clothing being produced is like double. Wow, like, in about- 15 years. 15 years. We're sitting at like 100 billion items a year now. However, the rate of utilization, the clothes being worn, the number of times has dropped 37%. So on average, now people are wearing clothes on like about seven times and then it goes to landfill or it actually go back to the, the back of the wardrobe. Wait for three years until you admit that yeah, you yeah. wear this again. <laughs>
0: it's like, oh, actually, I'm never gonna wear this again. And you just spend three years convincing yourself that you will and you might and things will change. And then no, they won't. But you yeah. won.
1: That's the thing. It's like we wear twenty percent of our wardrobe, eighty percent of the time, and we all know that. Every every morning you get up, stand in front of your wardrobe, and you never have anything to wear. Mm. It's just insane of how like we produce hundred billion items a year, and then yeah, every woman ever never have anything to wear.
0: That's it's, insane, isn't it? It's a hundred billion items. I mean, and, and to even utter that I have nothing to wear is ridiculous. It's kind of like fridges and pantries full, and you look in, oh, there's nothing to eat. And so you get takeaway. It's this bizarre cultural shift, isn't it, that's happened. And we say things, we're not even conscious of the weight of them. Yeah. Because if you really sit with the weight of those statements, I mean, that is just such a kick in the teeth to people who genuinely do not have things to wear or things to eat.
1: Yeah, well, you're right, actually, yes. It's just, I think it's just about, like, if you really look at it, it's not that we don't have anything to wear. Like, what we're saying is that we don't have anything I want to wear today. Like, nothing in my wardrobe represents me today. So I guess it's, and then, but then we have all these clothes in the world. Um, so I, I guess it's become about accessibility, so what if, you know, we grant you access for a fraction of the cost rather than you actually having to own it because you're only going to want it for a short amount of time anyway. So that's when I started to look at like, okay, how can I normalize this and how can I make, you know, accessibility become an option rather than buying and, you know, owning and purchasing and then really look back at like, okay, I think that is an opportunity here that like, you know, for brands to step through the economy themselves because the, and one of the good thing that happened is the re-commerce market is actually growing faster than fast fashion, which is incredible. And That's been- great. Yeah, it's it's about to hit like $77 billion in the next three years.
0: And that's what we call it. We call it re-commerce. Yeah, and is, and resales. Yeah, and this is for clothes specifically. Is that the clothing re-commerce market um, that's going to hit $77 billion or is it within yes, a bigger industry naming?
1: Um, no, it is about the, the Wow, 12%. that's huge. So, but it's including shoes and accessories. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the fashion. Yeah. So mm. it's it's massive. And and you know, like it, it's a good thing, but it's been driven mainly by consumer. There's a lot of peer-to-peer out there. That there's consumers seeking and doing all these things themselves. So I mean, you can you can start to see the trend that like some of the big brands, like for example, in 2019, urban outfitters built like infrastructures and launched their own subscription website. You've seen um, Bloomingdale and Ralph Lauren launch their own subscriptions as well. You uh, started to see the brands is kind of like, oh, wait, how do, I, how do I take a cut? Essentially, it's like, because if you really really look at the core of the re-commerce market, it's essentially an economy where it's benefit purely from the brand design item as well as their brand IP, their identity the only reason that I can resell Simmerman dress again for 500 bucks is because Simmerman has done all the marketing for me building up their brand. They've been, you know, um, designing and making clothes and all of that. And, but what's happening at the moment is that they're just letting someone else commercialize it without them having a say whatsoever. So for us, for me, it's just kind of like um, if I'm, Able to enable brands to step in, participate directly, which means we're giving them a different business model where they can earn more with less. And then for consumer, it's actually like a massive win because you can actually just go to the your, to, to the brand that you love, your favorite brands, and you have a, an option to either buy or rent or buy secondhand directly from your favorite brands. It's like if you want to buy secondhand Zimmerman, the best place to do is on Zimmerman website. Mm. So I can I That's an I,
0: interesting implication for your gum trees and your Ebays. If if brands start saying no, return it to us. We want to be the reseller. Um, it's almost like a trade in on your old computer kind of thing. That is that's that's the the journey of acceptance yeah. into the norm.
1: Yeah, but I think it is about us placing the responsibility back on the brand as well. It's kind of like, this is your product. You need to take ownership of it. Yes, com- like you shouldn't allow other people to commercialize it if you don't want to. You should have a full control of how it's being perceived. But you should also know that how long is your garment actually lasts. Because when you sell it to someone, you don't know how many times they're going to wear it. You don't know exactly what happened after three wash. So when you incorporate a different business model, it's actually give them the ability to learn. Like for us, we do all the rental for them, but we feedback, like we, we actually give them back all the detail of like after three wash, this is what happened to this suit dress. So, you know, um, and, and also it's like, you know, like we, we turn some of the dresses like 18 times and it still look brand new. So then when we say that you're making quality item, you can confidently, to like you can confidently yes. see that, right? Wouldn't
0: it be great to start to see like a thirty wear guarantee or a fifty wear guarantee on items of clothing?
1: Mm. And the whole the whole things behind our solution, right? It is about. Um, about increasing that utilization but not by one person by you know a group a community so we know that by double the utilization rate of a garment we you know reduce the emission of that garment being made by 44 percent and eventually when you rent it out you know three to four times you have a chance to make that garment become carbon neutral and I think that's just an amazing thing for brands to be able to own that stat and just say, all right well I produce you know ten thousand items and then you know i I rent half of them out ten times essentially it's you know like we give we're connected to this many consumer and we you know, slow down the rate of producing, and and I think to be able to give brand that opportunity to take back all the ownership and then take back the responsibility, because you can you can give you can say that like oh you can recycle it, but but this is it's about you pushing the responsibility back on your consumer, because when someone buy it, like it's become that problem, like it's, you don't know what happened to it, right? But if you actually you know make it easy for them to even like trade it back, return it or like you do not even own it, just have access to it.
0: Do you know what's especially awesome about this is people mm. will start looking after things more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's going back to it only work, this model works only for quality garment because it needs to, needs to be able to, to increase that utilisation rate, right? We need to be able to rent it again and wear it again. It needs to last a long time. So then... If you only design clothes to only last a couple of the wear, then um, it doesn't work. And and for brand to be able to to increase their profit margin by this model, it will in that in it would be in their best interest to start making better quality clothes. And is this how we
0: protect the factory workers from going out of business?
1: Well, essentially, yeah. Um, with fast
0: fashion, because that's obviously, you know, we talk about the just transition for fossil fuel workers into green energy and retraining. Um, if we start making a tenth of the amount of clothes, if we go to ten billion items a year instead of hundred billion. That's a heck of a lot of jobs that um, are on the chopping block. But if we start to produce clothes, except clothes cost more, except that we could rent them for less, but it still makes the brand what they need to make quality goes up, workmanship is therefore required, skill therefore better pay, so maybe a higher hourly rate. Like, I mean, obviously impossible to promise such things, but you've got to hope that if you decide that that's the way we want to go, then you can start to create that supply chain.
1: Absolutely. And the thing is, it's like, you know, making quality clothes come with skills it's not just happen and it takes time like anything quality takes time so I, I guess that's the thing It's us to be able to like slow down the industry and then allowing the garment worker to really you know be up skills and learn things and then you know like instead of churning out 10,000 items a year like you know they're able to focus on the craftsmanship and they're able to you know like slow down and then I guess the same amount of hour, um, work less like with the garment. And, I mean, look, to me, like, as you said, like we can't promise all of this. No, there's
0: some it, human rights protections that would obviously need to be in place yeah. as things transitioned. But, I mean, the whole world needs to transition because 100 billion items a year is absolutely ridiculous
1: it's insane Mm. and also that's the thing you know as as this economy get bigger and bigger there also will be more job opportunity in different area rather than just making clothes um you know like people will start looking at like um you know deconstruct the garment re put it back together recycling fabric and also um you know in the logistic industry or even um the maintenance industry which is the dry cleaning and all of that is um There'll be more job in different way.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really promising uh, in a lot of ways, Um, and I think, yeah, I think about those those issues often with transitions um, uh, into new economies and new ways of doing things. Um, We're not going to be sending our clothes back to Bangladesh or China to get dry cleaned or you know so it's like those people still aren't looked after in that thought process of like that brainstorm but i think definitely where we could work harder is pay more for yep. less output but higher quality that's super promising
1: yeah that's definitely could be like the easy mm. first step yeah and so tell me you
0: you decide that you want all sorts of clothes to be able to be rented rather than just this special occasion idea, you decide that you want it to sit within the brand's personality online as opposed to creating a business that also just rents stuff out just like other businesses that rent stuff out do. Um, How do you convince – brand? how did you get your first customer? Like was that difficult to sell the concept or – uh, I'm I'm curious to see how. Yeah. It
1: went. I mean, look. To be honest, it's um, it's really depend on who we talk to and the brand journey in terms of um, you know, we've talked like our our first couple brands were very small because we were like, okay, we're super young, we just need someone who like really wanted to support us and test out a tech because it's like, is the solution is the tech integrating into the brand website so it, it it needs to be like it, it needs to be solid because otherwise you know we're gonna we're gonna kill the brand website so i i guess for us it's like okay we, we went with all those brands but then what we found is that the smaller brand like the, the up and coming the young brand that has a lot of strong cult following all this new technology and the, the new way of doing things has already been almost like embedded as part of their dna they always like they started with circularity. They started with um, all of this mindset that they like. Well, you know what? I, I, I have an opportunity here to do things differently, because I wanted to connect to a different type of consumer. So those one were easy for us to go. Hey, we've got this solution. You don't have to do anything. We do everything for you. And or every month, you just you know get it get it get a click of the um dollars like return back to you and they were like yep we're in the hardest thing for them is that they often like small so that for us it's kind of like um there's just a lot of like we, we can't make it hard for them to integrate um talking to bigger brand um has now though like in the past month or two you're starting to see that like okay brands are now like really paying attention so now we're talking with conversation with brands that's like much bigger and bigger and then you kind of like and they're starting to see that like hey this is could be part of our DNA because it's like every brand now needs to have sustainability roadmaps and for us this impact actually in line with their growth so it's not easy for them to kind of like step it's not it's not that hard for them to kind of like oh actually you know what it's not a greenwashing message it's no actually, it, it actually can be part of our business model
0: and it also doesn't hamper their business it adds a revenue stream because yeah. that person that is now renting the Zimmerman dress for a week is not the person that could have afforded the thousand dollars in Zimmerman dress it's a different customer
1: yeah uh, so you're actually
0: in including more people in the possibility of your brand, which is exciting.
1: You essentially bring them on on their journey like so much earlier. So then you increase that lifetime spend with one customer and it makes sense for brand. However, like it hasn't been the easiest conversation. Some of the brand that's super like protective of their brand, still look at rental and resell as something that's like you know that's not part of our brand identity we don't want to be involved with that because you know rental all of this if we're being honest for some people it still feel like it, it has a bit of a stigma a stigma yeah even though like all the young kids now is like it's the coolest thing like yeah, it just makes sense financially. It makes sense, you know, environmentally and all of that. So we still take, so I think it, does, it, it wouldn't take us long to like, we, we just need to get one or a couple big brands to actually come in, do it really well and show people that it's going to happen regardless of you being part of, of it. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: It's like people going to rent out your clothes regardless if you're offering it or not. You're just not getting a cut. And if you control it, you can control which items you want it to go in the rental for which moment. It's like it—it it just you just have so much control of how you want it to go because you're doing it yourself in-house. And, um, yeah, so we're excited that, like, in the next, you know, six months we'll be we'll, we'll see some of the really incredible brands offering this and and I think that's going to really change the mindset and I, I want to touch back on a little bit on that we want to push it beyond special occasion yes so mm. currently some of our brand partner like Neek for example um I guess that clothing are more like a like a premium elevated everyday wear so they're never really part of rental because they're not like a special occasion per se kind and of and can
0: you spell that for people who want to look them up
1: oh Neek n-i-q-u-e like unique without the u so they're like really awesome melbourne brands that like um do all this like like their clothes is just just gorgeous it's just like a minimal and just look really awesome um so they were like well you know people don't normally rent out our clothes it doesn't happen we never really participate in this and they were like but how can how can we be part of the circularity? And we wanted to step in. And then we look at the solution together and we were like, all right, well, you know what? Why don't we just launch a capsule collection where people can have three to five items and have it for longer, have it for 30 days. It becomes a scary wardrobe. And that makes sense for their brand. So I guess for us, it's just kind of like, you know what, there is a massive opportunity for other brands that are currently not participating to be able to step in as well. And imagine as a consumer to be able to get like a really sick capsule collection every month Yeah, with a fraction of a price. Um,
0: and the brand makes more in the end because the three or four people use that over the three or four months. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And so that if we're talking about using everyday products, uh, um, uh, sorry, everyday items, so like we're talking T-shirts, shirts, uh pants you know everyday jackets comfy stuff um uh like (laughs) i'm just i'm actually laughing thinking about the fact that whenever my son my husband or son actually buy something new uh the first thing to go on the top is spaghetti bolognese and then we have to deal with that like how do we um you know, we spoke about originally, well, people are going to look after their stuff better and they will because they know it's got to go back. So that already makes you lean forward. Maybe you put a bib on when you're eating with the family, whatever. Um, but how do you manage that piece where the clothes stay intact if they're everyday clothes?
1: Um, so that's the thing. One is coming back to that, that premium items, right? They have- struck well they need to last and all of that but then also i think pe- sometimes people really underestimate how like how strong clothing are every like most, to be honest at this point we haven't got a stain that we haven't been able to cut out so awesome it, yeah so and it, you
0: guys are doing the washing and returning
1: all the dry cleaning with wow we're okay in the house, yeah i know we're one of the best in australia and they've been around for over 80 years so they've seen all the stains and you know, things happen, like, you know, we're missing a button, we're missing all of these things, we can repair them. We can often when things, you know, something a little bit happened to the clothing, people just automatically go, well, it's not brand new anymore, it's got a bit of stain, um, I can't wear this anymore. But when mm-hmm. it is in our care, we always have a solution for what can we do with this. Like, if we have, yeah, if we have to change a whole set of buttons, we go back to brand and be like, hey, do you, can we change the design of it a little bit? Or... You know, all, all of this thing is is possible. So it's kind of like, I mean, people always say that like, oh, I'm too scared to rent because I'm going to spill something. And we're like, we know rent what happened. I drink them every day. So um, don't be scared. And and we mostly like, you know, um, as part of rental is um, all these minor um, repair and stains and all of this is all, all been, um covered. So you've got insurance of up to $100 to actually, um, you know, wear it as how you would wear it, right? When, unfortunately, like, if it's, you know, if things aren't returned or, like, it's beyond repair, like, if you really, really ruined it, uh, then, yes, you will have to pay for the garment. But, finger crossed, touch wood, um, that has never happened yet. Oh, wow. And, yeah, in the actual um, industry, as a start, like, in the rental industry, it's actually less than 1%.
0: Oh, so that's Um, totally viable.
1: Yeah, it's less than 1% that people don't return things or like the logistic company lost it or something or or actually is beyond repair. Um, It's hardly happened. So, um, yeah, I think that's the thing. We we probably should do a campaign where, you know, people will see us like inviting you to like a, a food fight, And wear all the rental clothes and we're like, we can handle this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That would actually be really cool. It would be a really fun way to illustrate that people don't need to be scared, I think, because you could see how people would be scared.
1: Yeah. I mean, be careful a little bit.
0: Yeah, of course. Don't Yeah, but like I said, I think if I was renting a capsule of five items for the month, I would, I know I would be more careful Because they had to go back. I had to answer for those. There would be more accountability. And therefore, I think that is actually given accountability for me is one of the biggest erosions in everyday life these days. Just No one has to be accountable for anything. We don't have to be accountable for waste that we generate. We don't have to be accountable for what we say and how that impacts someone else. No one has to be accountable. And I think anything that makes us a little bit more accountable, a little bit more aware in a responsible human kind of way is awesome.
1: Mm, Yeah. And the thing is you should also treat your actual clothes, your own clothes, the same way as you would rent. It's like you want it to last, right? Like you're not, like, I mean, it's just the same thing. Like if you take care of your clothes, it's just going to last you much longer. It's just the same way when you rent something, you should take care of that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Love I, that.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, more and more brands jumping in and able to offer this. So then, you know, and all these brands, it's like they normally have a higher price point, so they, it's just hard for them to compete with fast fashion. But um, With this offer, they're going to be able to.
0: Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. And so obviously at some point the clothes become like classed secondhand, you know, unwearable by new, new standards. Um, What happens then? What's the recycle process?
1: There's a, that's a few ways to do it. When things become x rental it doesn't automatically go that like it can't be worn anymore. It usually um, from brand is kind of like when it's become ex-rental, it goes into resales. So then people that have rented first get a first dip and kind of like, hey, you've rented this. Would you like to buy it at, you know, like...
0: A reduced cost. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome.
1: And if they do, they do. And if they don't, um, like you go into you know like a public resales thing. That's what I normally do. Um, but if it's actually beyond that, you can't even like resell it anymore. We do have a couple of partnership with recycling um, company where you know like uh, apparel, they can actually take it all back and then they do all of that. But also because we work with multi brands, we actually um, able to work with a company like Blocktex where. I think they, you probably would know about text, but they like incredible, they're, they, um, what do you call it? Their technology is like, you know, they're able to spit out. Um, that's the hardest thing to be able to separate the organic and like the blended fabric, like a polyester and, and organic. Um, and I think, I'm pretty sure they are the only one in Australia that can do that. Yeah,
0: uh, they're certainly the only ones I've come across.
1: Yeah, yeah. so that's incredible. And and that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's just like, it's just about brand. Because consumer would never be able to work directly with block text. It's just like, they just, it's not. A thing. So I guess for brands to be able to take back that ownership and be like, okay, well, this can't be worn anymore. It's going back into become a fiber and it can go into a different industry if you want to or you can pay and then it can, like, you know, be spin it back into fabric again. And that's just, like, literally you closing the loop. Yeah. On clothing. Mm. And creating wonderful new jobs that help do that,
0: which I think is part of that transition piece.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And I think that's the thing. Is like, you know, before things go into recycling and stuff, people need to understand that there's a lot of work that go into it too. You need to remove all the button and the zip, or the metal and all of this thing that like, that's a job for someone. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. How
0: fascinating. And so where do you see the multiple wear economy, the rental economy going? It, do you think what you're doing is going to be, are there other people doing this around the world?
1: No, I'm kidding. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: In a slightly different way, I guess. Um, that's a lot of like... Um, uh, what you normally see is it's a typical fashion rental houses that they will buy like wholesale price from brand and then rent it out so i wouldn't really count them as our competitor because we're providing different service right um there's a few out there in the u.s and and in europe that um would work behind fashion brands to enable them to do it but um at this point there's still um only a few of us in the world um and you know like just 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 as it's like re- resales has been around for a really, really long time, like from, you know, like op shops and all of that. Right. And, and only in the past, I say five years that it's become like a thing that people are kind of like, Oh my God, resales is now cool. Like Depop and all of that. And I think rental is still probably maybe a couple of years behind it, it has been kind of normalized and making it cool by, you know, the, the, the leading brands like Rent Around Wide and making it really cool and all of that. But I think we still got a couple more years to kind of make it part of your routine.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. I could definitely see myself renting something like a jumper that you just want to have a certain color or a certain vibe for a month. That's perfect. And then move on. Um, I'm very much a 30 to 40 wears, kind of wear things to death person, but that's because of the environmental impact. So if I can do that a different way, then that's kind of exciting for a few different items here and there for sure.
1: And we're not telling people to stop buying, but I think we're just slowing down the fact that like, you know, and and the thing is you could also make a conscious decision because if you rent something for a month and then you decided that like, no, this is mine. This is part of my wardrobe now. You have an option to just buy that item.
0: Yeah, I've done that with jeans, mud jeans from Sweden. Oh. Um, you could rent it, and this was like six years ago. I rented it for, I think it was like nine euro a month. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, for a, and then you after twelve months you can then pay a fifty euro balloon like there was 350 euro jeans like really good jeans yeah so whatever the maths turned out to be you could either end up paying the full price for them in the end if you absolutely love them wanted to keep wearing them beyond the year or just return them in the special bag that they arrived in and i just thought that was the coolest
1: yeah right and and Mm. that's the thing if brand are able to offer that to that consumer that's just like the best royalty program you can never have yeah you usually lock them in every month it's, mm-hmm. it's just like yeah it's like because the thing is it's like royalty program now is like you know like yeah you you buy 10 things and you get one free things and all of that
0: but yeah like, it's still all based on consumption
1: yeah but like this way they're actually mm. part of your journey Mm-mm. um so yeah i think i think more and more more and more like you're starting to see brands become more um Innovative, I guess. And, and then, yeah, try and find a different way to connect with that consumer because it's just so much competitor out there. And somehow you're going to need to try and beat those fast fashion. And, and now we're not even just talking about fast fashion, we're talking about ultra fast fashion as well. Yes, exactly.
0: Like,
1: wow. Next yeah. level.
0: it's crazy. And so where can we find you? Do we, if we want to use your technology and start renting more everyday clothes, Do we just have to know what brands to shop or is it that we shop those brands on your website? How does that part work?
1: At the moment, you can do both. So if you come to um, getrenter.com, R-N-T-R, there's no E in in renter. Yeah. (laughs) Um, If you come to getrenter.com, you'll see the directory of all the brands that we're currently working with and we keep adding those on, you know, every month. Um, as, as more brands come on board. And, um, yeah, but um, what you can also do is um, use your voice as well. Tell your brand, the brand, the favourite brand, just, like, easily simple hashtag them on social media to just, like, hashtag the brand and hashtag get renter. Tell them you want them to participate in this economy. Just, um, and then, you know, like, or, or if you go to one of our brand's partner um, Already, you'll be able to see that um, in their rental collection, like out the renter button is right next to add to cart. So the option is just right there. Oh,
0: cool, brilliant. And you mentioned NEEK, right? So yes. you can do that on their website.
1: Yes, NEEK. It's yeah, NEEK has the, um, you can go into NEEK, um, I think it's just NEEK, rent with Renter. Um, in one of the top and then another really awesome brand would be etsy which is a bit more special occasion really flattering clothes as well and um is gorgeous oh and um the most exciting one that we literally just dropped would be um embody woman um so they go up to size 22
0: oh brilliant
1: fantastic Yeah. Totally. Well,
0: I have just jumped on Neek right now while we were talking and I found your page. It was that easy. So yeah. I, I think it's definitely removing some of those barriers to, to entry and then you can still shop your favorite brands and not feel like you have to go and then become a whole new customer of a, a different type of rental website, which I think is going to be fantastic. Um, Yeah, I really love what you're doing. Thanks so much, Shania, for being on the show, because I think anyone who's part of this conversation trying to figure out how we slow things down while protecting jobs, while looking after the environment and creating um, economic solutions, because like it or not, that's the world we're in, uh, is, is a really special part of the way forward.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I love having conversation with people that just, you know, um, looking for solutions and and open-minded and, you know, be part of the future. It's, yeah, it's, it's important to have these conversations. And then, and I think the more we can, the i guess the higher hope will have yeah yeah
0: absolutely well i'm glad you chose not to conform all those years ago because obviously just staying yourself means that you stayed true to your values and you were able to create something like this so well done you so good uh really really excited um uh for what you're doing thanks for being on the show
1: thanks so much thanks for having me alex
0: well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social, on Instagram, at Life or one word, or my personal Instagram, uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at Low Tox Life. Uh, and, of course, lowtoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a low tox life i can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the low tox club for just $49 australian per year which is about 29-30 us about 27 euro and about 25 pounds you get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lotoxlife.com, hit the Explore tab and you'll see Join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.